Hey there, Blessed Mama. We are here to help you, the working mom, manage your personal and professional life without losing your mind. This is a podcast for you. I'm Blair Critch, and I went from a teacher to a stay-at-home to a seven-figure online business owner. And listen, that didn't happen overnight. It happened after we actually hit rock bottom. Bankruptcy that shook us. Then to find out my husband had an addiction problem, I decided that day I would grow and learn how to build a flexible business of freedom. Now today, I'm passionate about teaching other women the exact same thing through systems and strategies full of faith, fun, and drive. What is up? I am Kelly Hoover, retired corporate pharmaceutical rep to network marketing millionaire and small business owner. After recovering from a brain tumor, I knew I wanted to go after my dreams and make life happen. You know, quit waiting around for the perfect time. So I learned social media and how to master my time, and then the magic really started happening. If you are looking to create connections and own your time management skills, then this is the place for you. Let's do it. All right. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad you have come back to Blessed Mama Bosses podcast, and we have a extra special guest for you today. You are going to be so excited to hear from Simon because he is part of the number one MLM training on iTunes. That's right. He's the founder of MLM Nation. If you have not seen Simon Chan out there, he is always out there spreading positivity, helping others in the network marketing world. And we know you as the busy mom are trying to figure out how to make this work to make those dreams come true. And so I'm excited to have somebody who has interviewed thousands of people and helped so many be able to share with you today. So welcome, Simon. We're so glad to have you. Hey, thank you for having me on here. First of all, I haven't interviewed thousands. Is there, oh, feels I definitely like it. Talk- I've listened to a ton of your podcast. Feels yeah, like well, thank you. We de- I've definitely interviewed over 600. And make sure everyone who's listening to check out episode 574, because that's when Blair was on there. And uh, that was a fun one. We talked about how to get your spouse and family to support you, especially if you're new in the business. And you know, it's, diff- it's difficult. If you're a mom, you're going to doing a new venture, and uh, you're like, how do I balance everything? Well, Blair really rocked on that episode, so make Aww. sure you check her show. Well, thanks for saying that. I actually wrote down my episode and Kelly's to make sure that I shared that today because we both really loved being on your show. But you guys, I want to tell you a little bit about Simon before we get started today, which is Simon is not only a husband, he's also a father of three and the founder of MLM Nation. Like I said, it's the number one MLM training on iTunes. Simon also runs a very successful, not only podcast, but also a coaching business. And his mission was something that I immediately fell in love with when he interviewed me on his podcast, which is helping a thousand network marketers get to a thousand plus a month. Imagine that. I mean, it's pretty amazing, Simon. So I'm curious, let's just get this started with what made you start your podcast and that mission to help other MLM women and men. First, I want to give a shout out to Kelly Hoover, too. Her yeah. show was another one that talked about you never run out of one market. That was episode 596. Uh, but anyway, so that's a good question. What made me start my podcast? Well, you have to take my journey. Uh, I've been in network marketing for almost 20 years. Hopefully, I don't look that old. But I got started in 2003 after reading, uh, you know, Rich Dad, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, which was a book really big back then. A uh, friend recommended, friend who I had a job that I loved. But it was like actually an ex-girlfriend. I love my job. She just like no respected me for that job because it paid nothing. But she was really, she had read Rich Dad Poor Dad when she was like 19, to, uh, 20 years old. And she was like, 
buying real estate properties and stuff really young. And I'm like, oh, but who cares? I'm having an awesome time on my job. I'm partying. And so eventually, as you can tell, that relationship didn't work out because she was way too smart for me. But I was like, so what is this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? So when I read that book, I was like, oh, no wonder. Okay. Uh, No wonder she broke up with me because I probably have no financial future, right? So, but that got me into, I want to have a business. I didn't know what type of business. I thought about maybe doing a Subway franchise, but I didn't have the money to get started. And at around the same time, you know, I was at crossroads in my life. You know, Jesus Christ is really important to me. And I read Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And that book was taught me that God's purpose for me in those 40 chapters, I went through that was is to have a positive impact as many lives as possible. So even though I, you know, I'm a shy, quiet Asian kid from Brooklyn, New York, I thought back to it. You know, I always enjoy coaching and helping people from coaching basketball at the Chinatown, at the Y in New York, taking kids off the streets to, you know, get them, you know, playing ball instead to being a counselor, the youth fellowship leader in my church. I always enjoy that. And the more I looked at this network marketing, I was like, what is this network marketing? I actually thought it was marketing computer networks. I had no idea. But I thought, okay, why are people so negative? And I found out it's not about sales. It's about helping people. So that's actually, I was like, all right, if God's purpose for me is to have a positive impact, and this is the business that we're marketing, that if you want a long-term income, you got to help people. All right, I think this is what God's telling me to do. And I read those books about the span of a couple of months from each other. So I felt that when I discovered God's purpose, like God's telling me, hey, do this. Forget about a franchise and all that stuff. Do this. So how, that's how I got started. I eventually built like a seven-figure business over 200,000 people, but I felt that had a different calling that I really wanted to help. Like my company was big, but it's just a drop in the bucket. I thought that was it. Network marketing was a huge profession, right? There's like millions of distributors out there and I was only making impact really tiny. I want to make an even bigger impact. So that's how I got into coaching. I started off dabbling it part-time in 2012 and then became a full-time coach 2013. So it's almost been full eight, eight years, almost eight years since I've been a full-time generic trainer. And how the podcast came about was really interesting. It's just like, I always believe in um, doing something different. I think this is something that helped me out, doing something different. Like if you do, like you got to zig while other people are zagging. Where everyone's doing it, you kind of kind of have to do something different. And that time, I was listening to podcasts. Not many people were listening to podcasts. This was back in 2013, 2014. They weren't that big. But I listened to them. And I'm like, whoa, there's no one in network marketing doing this. So let's do this. And I think if you are out there and you need like create, you know, um, to, in today's days, you got to be posting content all the time. You have to think, sometimes I think a mistake people make, oh, I'm not that original. I'm not that creative. You don't need to be, right? You basically borrow, quote unquote, steal ideas. You know, like this great book was Steal Like an Artist, talking about creativity. Like you take an idea here, take an idea there, take an idea. And I basically listened to a lot of podcasts. And I was like, hey, you know, I did this, I did this and this, and I could make a network marketing show based on all these little things. But it wasn't exactly duplicate one show, a copy of different shows. So that's how we started. I always believe you want to be the first to do something, but once you do something, you have to stick with it and not change. So that's how we got started. And believe it or not, it was on the airplane to flight. Uh, so I did this annual events in Australia, big events called No BS. No BS, no hype. And on the plane to Sydney in 2014, I was thinking, hey, you know what? I, I remember when I was started out, I wish I could learn from other trainers, right? Like I wish I could know, learn because all I knew was everything from my company. And then YouTube came along, which, but then there's like, there's so much stuff out there. Like everyone's an expert. And I, I, there was times where I watched a video and I learned, uh, 
you know, bought someone's course that never even built a network marketing business, never had any credibility and built something. It's like, what is, if I actually, and I, I've lost downlines like that. Like this guy never even built a company, but he was a very good marketer, sold stuff. And then, you know, leading people the wrong way. Imagine if I create something, I would vet the leaders to make sure they are legit before they have on my show. So that's actually how, how it started, the, how ML Mission started. And the one last story behind it was, uh, I, think, I think this is a good lesson. If you want to be good and kick butt in anything, it's all about focus. And we, we had the idea in October. We spent like four and a half months just focusing on one thing. I had every one of my staff focus on one thing, how to make a podcast, how to produce, we create a whole system. It was a four and a half months before we launched our first episode. And now we're, what is it, six, uh, five and a half, almost six years, since <laughs> six years later, and we're still going. That's awesome. There were a few things that you said that I want to highlight, which is, first of all, if you guys have never read those two books, write them down. And if you're driving, come back and listen to this and write them down, because they are two books that I think have to be in your library. Those two books have highly impacted me as well. And I really do believe we're all made for a bigger purpose. And I believe that network marketing can be that vehicle to bring you to that purpose. And I'm so thankful. Like I say that all the time, I get to do so many things for God's kingdom that I would never have had the time or the financial blessing to do if I hadn't have made money in network marketing. And I still work. Amen. Right. And I love that you said, like, if you want to be great at anything, you have to stick with it. You have to make a plan and stick with it. So I find that that happens so often in network marketing, too. Right. That people get started in their business. They don't see success that they wanted in the first couple of months and they're out instead of really taking that time. So I love that you talked about the four and a half months of just creating the podcast, because I think we live in a culture where everything is supposed to be easy and quick. And that's just. Yeah. You know, I want to add one more thing. It's like, yeah. like, I always talk about consistency. I'm like a consistency coach. So consistency mm-hmm. creates mastery. So not only did it took four and a half months to uh, release our first show, but it took me another four months to get my first coaching client from that show, from that. And we were like, I spent how much, not just the many time hours. It was almost like 50 something episodes. It was at 50. It was at 48, 50 something episodes before I got my first client from ML Nation. And that's because a lot of people, you know, there's so many, everyone can be a one-hit wonder, right? No one's no one's into that. It's like the ones who can last stay. And my first couple of episodes, if you go back to them, they weren't good. They I was like, I was nervous as heck. I was sound like a robot. I was just far off question after question. There was no transitions blending in. But you just do it all the time. And then you get good at it and you realize. And I see a lot of people, they go on social media. Oh, I've been doing this for two. I've been doing that post you've been telling me, Blair, but it hasn't worked. But you've been doing it for two weeks. And I always talk about the first 30 days. It's always, don't expect any results on social media for 30 days. But the purpose of your first 30 days is to discover your voice and style. Right? And like you maybe do a certain post, you write a certain way. Like if you look at my content, it's very different from yours, Blair. But that's because... You have your style. I have my style. My show is different from your show. But we de- developed that over time. So like your first 30 days, and then you may also talk about stuff you're not even into talking about, right? But once you hit after one or two months, you kind of get into the style. Like, you know, uh, in movie, like a movie, pro- every producer has a style. A writer has his own voice. You develop that. And that's when you actually kick it to another notch and you start creating that following. That's such a great point. I think even within our own businesses, right? You start off the first couple weeks or the first month, you're really taking on maybe the voice of the leader that you signed up with and how they do things. And then you realize 
Okay. And this is another reason why I love your podcast is because you have so many different people that you're interviewing. I've learned so many great things from different leaders outside of my company, but they weren't the things that I probably would have done in the first couple of months of my business. Cause I was trying to learn the routines, the duplication, how things were done. Then I started mastering my own voice and how I wanted to close a sale, how I wanted to help and serve people, how I wanted to build my team and my team culture. So I love that you brought that up. So I'm going to ask you now after 600, you know, interviews that you've had, right. And I know that you pick like top earners, like you said, you vet out those people to make sure they're the top of the top. And I love that you said that because I feel like right now is this weird surge of like, I'm in the top 1%, but they've never even hit the top of the compensation plan or made a million dollars in their marketing, or, you know, there's everybody's just claiming everything, right? So I love that you really make sure that these people that you're interviewing have hit what they say they've hit. So I'm curious, out of all the people you've interviewed, hmm. I'm sure you've heard some things over and over again. So what would you say are the top three things that you hear over and over and over again from the top leaders in network marketing? I always get excited about this question because I never know what's coming. Right? <laughs> So number one is uh, consistency is the number one skill. It's like doesn't mean it's a skill. Like you have to if you're not consistent, nothing works. If you're not consistent on social media, nothing works. You're not consistent podcasting, nothing works. It's about consistently showing up every single day. That's easily number one. Uh, number two is almost every you know one of the questions I ask is what's your light bulb moment, your aha moment that everything's took off, and almost everyone said it was at an event. You got to go to an event, right? So maybe they were struggling or didn't have belief. Or maybe they had some success, but they didn't really. And then they went to some company convention. And normally that company convention often is the one they will say, I didn't want to go. I didn't have money. But I spent my last dollar or my upline forced me. Or like for me, actually, my upline says, if you don't go, I'm never going to talk to you again. That was probably on the harsher side. But like wow. as everyone said that if you don't go, it's like that's an event, right? I would say probably 98, 9% of the aha moments where they went to some event where they saw the, how big the business is. Because I think in network marketing, when, you know, it's like a home business. So you're sitting at home on your own little phone in your little office. You got kids everywhere. It's hard to really believe like hey, you're an entrepreneur, right? I'm an, you tell people that, but deep down, you don't really believe it. It's like a little tiny little business on the side. You go to an event, everything changes. So that's number two. Number three, that's a good one. Well, I'll go back to my favorite question on the show is what's your worst moment in the business where you want to quit? Well, you hated network marketing. You didn't, and you want to quit, but you didn't. And that's why you are where you are today, right? It's like the worst moment in business. But I like the ugly details. And the third thing would be is don't quit. It's because it's during the worst moments. That's when you grow the most. You don't grow when things are good. You grow. I actually was telling that to my coaching client today. I got two people that showed where the presentation, they didn't even pay attention. Well, that's, you learned something. What, what did you learn? Like, he messaged me. So my well, my coaching, you get to have my private cell phone number. You message me anytime. So he had a prospect he presented to at the end of the presentation asking closing questions and found that the person wasn't even paying attention. He got really discouraged. Right. I was like, well, you know, everything is good. And he's like, didn't understand. I said, well, because that's how you grow, right? If the person signed up, you didn't learn. So I gave him the lesson. The way you do it is like, if you attend any of my trainings, you always constantly have to ask little questions throughout the presentation to keep the person like engaged. Like, so like, it's kind of like when you're in class, we all hated those teachers that randomly pick on us because we're like, oh, don't pick on me, but don't pick on me because you're paying attention, right? But the ones who don't pick on you're slacking off, you're like, whatever, you're daydreaming. So that's what happened to your prospect. I said, hey, you're learning. 
Make sure you ask questions throughout the presentation so your prospect's paying attention. Don't wait to the end of the presentation to ask because <laughs> while you're talking, they're daydreaming. They're thinking about it on TV, whatever. So I think you'll learn something, right? So that was to be number three. We all have worst moments, embarrassing moments, toughest moments. People quit. People enjoying the worst rejection. Don't quit because that's when you really, really grow. And every leader's gone through that. Totally. It reminds me of five feet from gold, right? Or is it three feet from gold or five feet from gold? Whatever it is, is much closer. And in the worst moments, I'm like, wait, what was it? <laughs> it's five feet, five inches. I don't know. But you know what? I'll tell, I always tell, ask people, have you ever thought about quitting? And people, some people, new people, if you're, oh, I never thought about quitting. I love it. Well, you know what? You just haven't worked hard enough. Because I remember, Blair, I remember your story. Like, oh my God, this is terrible. It's miserable. That's when your breakthrough, your breakthroughs happen after your breakdowns. So true. Through anything in life. That is so true. I don't know if, if I told you, Simon, but right now I'm going through cancer. I hate to say I have cancer. I'm going to start saying I am fighting off, you know, cancer from my body. So it's not going to be here next year. But right now, people have said that to me, like, how are you getting through this so positive? Well, because I know there's something I'm going to learn through this. I'm going to become a more empathetic leader. I'm going to po- become a more empathetic person. I'm going to learn how to push through hard times. Like, I don't know, I always feel like whenever something happens to you, you have to figure out like, what is it that I'm supposed to learn while I'm going through this? So and same thing with your business, there's going to be ups and downs, right? So there was something interesting that you said, it was then the second thing you said was going to events, right? And so that one really interests me because right now we're kind of all stuck at home. I mean, a lot of companies aren't allowing people to have events. You might be able to have small events in your home or things like that. But I know like even for my team, we had a retreat last weekend. We could only allow 18 people to come because we had to keep it small and so that it was safe for people. Our company hasn't done a yearly conference this year because of COVID. So I'm curious if you've interviewed anybody, if you have an episode on that yet. Because I think that's something that people would really be interested to know. Like, how do I make that work right now when there's no company event going on that they can come to? Yeah, that's difficult. By the way, you're you're lucky. You're in Florida. So you have 18 people to a convention. You know, we came and do, in California, we came and have more than six people for Thanksgiving. I saw, I'm not going to lie. I saw that and thought it was a joke. (laughs) You know, you know what? It's, um, so I have a tradition with my cousins and every year we get together for the last 10 years and we can't do it, but there's a joke you can have, but for funeral, you could only have, you can have up to 30. That's really interesting. So my friends like, you know, I'm just going to have a funeral for my pet turkey. Yeah, exactly. You got 30 people for Thanksgiving. (laughs) That's hilarious. I love it. But it's difficult, but there's ways to do it in, um, you just have to make it fun on Zoom because yes. you lack a lot of the belief. So people stay in the business because of the commodity, the fulfillment, the relationships, uh, and you make it fun. So I, I have a coaching client that what they did, they were very young, they're like 20, 18 to 24 year old group. And they, they think of creative ways every Sunday to make it fun, right? So nothing about business. So, for example, they did. Um, they took every leader and got a baby photo and put it up there, and in a contest to see who can guess who was who. That's a great right? idea. Yeah, I had someone else in Australia. They were like a mom. This is, and every two weeks they do a virtual wine tasting. Right, you open a bottle of wine, share, and after the kids are sleeping, you want to be loose and have fun, right? And right. like a lot of times during these these moments is when the training comes out. Right, the training. Right, it goes back to one of my friends was a top leader, uh, a Chinese leader in Vancouver. Like he's like, every time I go and do a training, no one shows up because everyone hates this. Like reminds him of going to school class. 
So he takes people out to Chinese food for dinner in those big Chinese restaurants with round tables. He books a back room, has 20 people there. He pays for the food. These are the leaders. And they talk and drink for three hours. And that's when the training happens. So you just have to make it fun. There's creative ways to do it. It's harder now than before. But if you can get together, if you're a leader and you can get together for small sessions, even if it's five people, six people, get together for someone's house, that's really important because we are the people we, we surround yourself with. And there's always more people taking you out of network marketing than in the network marketing. That's there's always distractions, point. right? Oh, there's more, and if you're a leader, there's more people taking your team out of it. And I'm, they're not trying to recruit people away, but it could be football on, it could be the movies, it could be Netflix, Hulu, distractions, the elections, politics, they're distracting them. So you have to distract the distractions. That is so true. That is such a great point. Actually, that brings me right into the last question that I wanted to ask you, which is what what is one thing that you wish people who weren't in MLM knew about this industry? Because I would say it's like a 50-50 out there, right? 50% of people think it's like bad. They have a negative connotation with MLM or net marketing, direct sales, whatever you want to call it. And then the other half are just maybe indifferent. They don't really understand what it is. So what would be like the one thing you wish that people who were not in this industry knew about this industry? I think network marketing can be very, very bad, but that's like in anything in life, right? You know, people have lost their whole fortunes in real estate investing. People have lost their whole life savings in stocks, there's people who like stock scandals. There's, you know, corporations lie and steal. And so people sing on that we're marking like, oh, it's really bad. Everything is bad because it's run by humans and humans are sinful. But if you do network marketing the right way, and there's many, you know, people do it. And that's actually one of the reasons I have my show is to highlight people doing it the right way. You actually, it's a tremendous fulfillment because of the personal growth you go through. It's not just about the money. And you see the change now. People used to hype up the money, the fancy cars. It's about the person you become, right? It's not just, oh, I make an extra $500. Like for me, I'm a shy, quiet Asian kid from Brooklyn, New York. I always thought that, uh, you know, I was born and raised to like, you're Asian, go study science and math and go be a doctor like your dad. My dad was a doctor, take over his practice. The only problem is I'm Asian, but I sucked in science and math, okay? So <laughs> right. I wasn't good. I said, I didn't want to be a doctor. So afterwards, like, what do I do? I get a job. And so my, my whole life was, all right, I'm not going to make that much money. I'm just going to be, not, not like my father, just going to you know work 40 years at a job, climb the corporate ladder. I don't want to go to law school. I don't want to get MBA. But this business teaches you so many things. Like it's if you want to be successful, it expose you to you know marketing, you know be a better communicator, to lifelong friendships. I, like I learned about online marketing, learn about podcasting. None of this was impossible if I was still at my job. It just exposed into friendships. I mean that's the network. Like you talk about Blair, like. If you were to like just start off new, right? You have a loyal followers, loyal listeners. Start off new and launch a podcast. No one's going to be listening to your show. I mean, the reality is you have maybe a couple of friends and family. That's it. But because of your success in network marketing, think of the following you've created, right? How valuable is that? It's the relationships that like we have become friends and we network. It's just amazing the fulfillment and people really see it's not just about the money, but about the person you become. And the lifelong friendships. Like if you do it the right way, you don't lose friends, you gain friends. And a good great example is so ever since I did that world marketing, I've never lost any friends. Now now friends have grown apart, but that happens anyway, right? Like you have life changes, you move a different place, friends grow apart. But I've definitely gained so many more friends. And actually, one of my best friends was someone that was an acquaintance and became like the best man at my wedding. Not best man, the groomsman in my wedding. Another one, my mentor, daughter was a flower girl at my wedding. 
you gain friends. So this is an amazing profession. I know a lot of people do it the wrong way, but there's a lot of people like you, like Kelly, that are doing it the right way as well. I totally agree. And I think the personal development is something that, unfortunately, a lot of people, once you graduate college and get your job, you never have that again in your life. And that has been unbelievable to me how much I've grown over the last 10 years it, because of the books, the podcasts, the courses, the corporate trainings. It, it's honestly amazing. But the relationships, like you said, these are people that you would have never met. They would have never crossed your path, right? And Kelly's a great example. Like you said, I I never even knew her. And then because she joined my team and we became really good friends as she was running for a goal, we realized, oh my gosh, like if you lived down the street from me, we'd be BFFs, right? So it's these amazing relationships that form because of the community. So I totally agree. All right. And then I always love to ask people because I am just super curious about this. You already named two books, but what is your all time favorite book that you think everybody needs to have on their bookshelf? I'll give you two books. Number one is the Bible, the Bible. Yes. And then the number two for business book, and this will take you forever to read it. You're probably not going to understand it the first 10 times you read it, but Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I remember the first time I read it, I actually read the abridged version. I have no idea what is it. I listened to the audio version, no idea, but you listen to 10, 20 times. And it's still a book I go through every Every year, at least once. And talk about the three feet of gold. That's where it comes from, you know? Yes. So Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And you can listen to that one too on YouTube. I forgot who it was that speaks it, but it's so good. And it's an easier version to understand. So I started with that one. And then I read the whole book after. But yes, that book was life-changing for my husband and I both. And you guys, you can also find, I don't know if you've ever done this, Simon, but I can't remember if it's on iTunes that I got it or Amazon, but you can find Think and Grow Rich, the movie. And it's really good. And Mm. they interview a lot of different people in it. And it's very, very interesting. So, well, thanks so much for joining us today. If you guys have not checked out Simon's podcast, it's MLM Nation. And Simon, what else do you have going on right now? I know you have coaching, anything you want to share with our community that you feel like would help the busy mom who's trying to make her network marketing business a success. No, I just have a lot of tips on Facebook. I'm uh, Simon Chan. Or you can find me on Instagram at Simon W. Chan. And uh, we'll connect on social media. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Simon. We hope you enjoyed this episode and want to hang out with us more. Join us inside our Facebook community. You can find us at www.blessedmamabossesgroup.com. We'll see you inside.